What is going on, everybody? Happy Thursday. For those of you that are joining us live, this is about to be an incredibly fun episode for all of us. I've got a lot of cool stuff to share. Um, We're going to be hopping in in just a second, waiting for people to hop in. Um, If you're watching the replay of this, give me some love in the comments. Tell me where you're viewing from. Tell me when you're having it. Uh, We're about to get into some fun, fun, fun stuff. This is what I love. This is the best part of my job for me. I get to hop in, work on ads with you guys, give you everything that I know about how to build successful ads long-term and what that's going to look like, what the system I use, and how this can all happen for you. So let's do it. So neuromarketing blueprint ads. There's a lot that we can do within social media ads, right? You can do reels, stories, posts. You can do any platform this formula is going to work on. And it's because we're going after the psychology of our end consumer with this, as opposed to just saying, hey, we've got all this stuff and we're just going to try to magically sync it all together. But this is the exact system I use with all my clients, depending upon, it doesn't matter if they're spending two grand a month with us on ad spend all the way up to uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on ad spend. This is the exact system that we use to do this. Stay on this live call, or if you're viewing in later, give me some love in the comments and tell me if this is you. Just give me a yes. Stay on if you're looking to increase your revenue using ads. This is easily the fastest way to increase your revenue across your entire brand. Stay on if you want to learn how a neuromarketing agency approaches writing high converting ad copy. Because that's what I told you we were getting into today. Give me a yes down in the comments for that. Stay on if you're confused about where to even start with ads and how to begin. We're going to get into all of this. Give me a yes. Let's feel some energy moving through the group today. I want to give you a little background as to how I even got started. It's only two slides. I'm real quick with this. Um, But in 2016, I transitioned out of the neuroscience and psychopharmacology world. That's just a big fancy word for drugs that affect behavior in the brain or affect neuropathways within the body. And I entered into an entry-level position at a float tank center. And this is where I started to really understand the power of social media marketing. We took that center from $100,000 in debt up to $2.2 million in sales within about 18 months, and it is actually using what I'm about to show you inside of here. We did it on Facebook and Google because those were the main platforms at the time. We started to get into Instagram and a little bit of influencer marketing, but it wasn't until 2018 when I began my own agency and we started to really get cooking. Since then, I know I look like a baby in that, and so does Megan. Uh, This was just taken last October, but since then, we've run over $30 million in ad spend with an average of a 3.78x ROAS, I have a collection of e-commerce brands that I run this for, and I'm here now because I want to share this information with you. I want you to have this same level of success no matter where you're at with it because it can be at any different level that we're able to truly see massive growth. You don't, And I've posted this inside the group and on my personal Facebook page and on my Instagram, and I've shown you like there's times where we'll spend $15 on a SMS campaign and it'll take off and do 30 grand in a day. It's the same formula. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter what the platform is because how we're writing, how we're communicating to our customers matters even more. So 
what you don't need in order to run this. You don't need a ton of capital or liquid cash. Like I just said, we have some people that do an SMS blast once a month and they'll pull 30 grand off of something that costs us 15 or $20 to throw out to the marketplace. What you don't need is another marketing course that's just going to sit in your digital library. You also don't need a giant network with millions of emails or SMS opportunities. And I showed this in one of my previous posts that I put up there. The total audience size for some of these SMS campaigns are only 300 people. And that's their entire list. But they'll still pull 30 grand out of this because it's going to actually pull through our scientific method to get to the end result. You don't need to be hustling and grinding your way to financial freedom. It's time that you start thinking like a neurosurgeon. The uh, military and the Marines and the SEALs use this method, and it, I actually learned it when I was uh, learning guitar. S- slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And when we get to that point, we become efficient and effective with everything we do versus trying just to throw something up on social, throw up an ad just to have one there. It's much better just to go smooth and slow with this because as you do more of them, as you put out more social posts, as you do all these things that are required for that next level, you'll notice that as you slow down, you'll actually become a lot faster and more efficient and effective at it. And what I love about this system is that it's entirely skill-based. With a bit of know-how and some effort, you'll be able to see dramatic improvements and have confidence in what you're growing towards. I'm going to walk you through two key pieces of this. There are some nuances in here, and we're going to do more training, especially on our funnel builder over here on the left. Um, But this main formula over here is really going to be the key nut of all of this. And I'm going to walk you through both, so don't worry. And I know this formula can look a little intimidating for those of you that are like, oh my God, it's math and algebra and all these letters where numbers should be. Don't worry about it. I'm going to break it down. You'll see step-by-step how this all pieces together. But let's look at the variables first of that equation. ME equals marketing effectiveness. The V equals value. We're going to subtract that from our cost, and then we're going to take whatever is remaining and multiply that by our acceptability. And we're going to break each one of these down because everybody talks about value. Well, what is value, right? Value to me versus value to you versus value to your mom versus value to your brother Everything around value is completely different for other people. At least that's how it appears. But psychologically, down at the root level of all of this, we call this a conversion heuristic, is that there's appeal, right? What's appealing about the offer? What's, what value does this bring to me as the consumer that I find appealing? We also have exclusivity, right? This is where FOMO or sense of urgency starts to come into play, right? What's exclusive about this that I can't get anywhere else? Right, So I'll give you an example for Hidden Falls Media. We are the number one neuromarketing agency inside the U.S. There's only three others out in the entire world that offer the same level of opportunity, the same level of product that we do for our clients. So there's a high level of exclusivity of working with us. The last point is clarity. There is a ton of value in being clear with your offer and clear inside your marketplace. All of these must outweigh our cost. Because if we go back and look at this, we can't be negative here. If we're negative and the cost is way outweighing the value, people aren't going to see it. So all they're going to see is the cost. And when we have cost multiplied by acceptability, it's just a bad offer. The marketplace is not going to respond to it. Your ad costs are going to go way up. 
And your marketing effectiveness, therefore, would be negative. You're actually doing more harm to your brand than you are doing good. So what is cost for us? Cost is mental. What is the mental cost that I have to go through in order to get there? Is And most of the time, this is all around perception. So this is where getting into good copywriting fundamentals can really come into play because it's going to allow you to smoothly push straight through all these mental costs. We also have the one that most people associate with cost, which is the financial side or the fiscal side of your cost, right? If I have a, if I'm selling my coffee mug here for $150, that's a big fiscal cost for something that I can get at Ikea or Walmart or Target for under five bucks. And then we have process friction. Process friction, we've all been through, especially if you've purchased a car before. You go to the lot, you deal with the salesperson. They make you test drive, you know, 15 different cars. They put you in ones that you know you're not going to like on purpose. So you can whittle it down to ones that you will. And that's fine. You know the mental cost of going in there, right? You know it's going to be a little bit demanding. You know they're going to try to sell you. You know there's going to be a big hurdle to move through. But then on the back side of it, then you have to go through the financing department if you're not paying out, out of pocket for it. Then you have to go through the title. Then you have to go through insurance. Then you have to go through all these different steps. So there's a lot of process friction to get to the end result where you're actually going to be happy with your purchase. This is why Carvana accelerated growth because they eliminated so much of this process friction that within their marketing effectiveness equation, they crushed all their competitors. So then Vroom came out, right? And all these other smaller brands that are trying to compete with Carvana on that same model recognize that there's a ton of process friction within their marketplace. So instead of trying to go after the fiscal cost and lose their margin, instead of trying to go after the mental cost of, oh my gosh, this is so meant, like just emotionally draining for me, they looked and said, okay, we can work on process friction. We can totally get that down where you can essentially window shop online without having to deal with the sales agent, without having to go through all this extra nonsense, without, and they just completely eliminated all of it. And then we have acceptability. This is your market awareness. For those of you that have heard of breakthrough advertising, this is kind of broken breakthrough advertising broken down into three digestible chunks. There are different market awareness levels. We're not going to get into that today. That will probably be another training Uh, but looking at this real fast, we have credibility. How credible is the brand? How credible are you as an individual if you're a personal brand? What are the results that you've gotten? How have you gone through and helped people over and over and over again to where they're raving fans and they're going to do a lot of the selling for you? One of my e-commerce brands that we're running right now, we had a call this last Tuesday and we were joking about one of our ads kind of started to go viral because they had a quote unquote Karen come into their uh, ad and start commenting, being like, oh, I tried this for you know two different sessions and it didn't really work. Your product's garbage. And all these professionals in the industry came in and were like, dude, you're so full of it. Like you must have been throwing you must have been doing X, Y, and Z wrong because I use this product and I got these incredible results. So when you start to have a strong credibility even within your ad structure and within your brand, you don't have to fight as hard for this acceptability factor. Then we have affinity. This is probably one of the most overlooked elements within all of marketing, right? Which is how likable or how similar is this to something inside of that marketplace already that people are already on board with? Because then our education that we have to give to our clients goes way down. 
there's not a lot of neuromarketing agencies out there. So for us, the affinity side has to be on a personal brand, which is myself, or it has to be so similar to other things that they can start to get a grasp of what you're actually offering without it being too much of a disruptor. Now, disruption inside of an industry is often very, very well received. There are some times within market awareness stages where it's not, but for the most part, disruption is what's going to allow you to pop through and have something that's worth talking about. Because if you're disrupting, you're oftentimes creating polarization, right? And when people see that there's these polarities pushing and pulling back and forth within a marketplace, it creates buzz, right? People want to see the new thing. And this is really where that disruption comes through. But all of these act as a multiplier because we get to put on the value that we generated after we subtract all of our costs from this. So I told you we would go through that, right? So we've broken down all the stages inside of our marketing effectiveness conversion heuristic, right? Just a bunch of fancy marketing terms for, hey, in order to get your ads to work, we have to look at these variables. So now that we know the variables and we can know how these kind of fit all together, I want to look at a funnel. And when most people think of a funnel, they only think of this top half, right? You've heard top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, moving into a sale, right? And almost everybody stops right there. And it's because marketing agencies don't want you to know about the backside of it. And this is something that differentiates a lot of our content is that we talk about this. We're not afraid to talk about the honeymoon phase, right? We've all been there. We've got this amazing product that we purchased. We're feeling good. It shows up from Amazon or it shows up online or we go and pick up our car and we're in love, right? It's everything we wanted it to be and sometimes a little bit more if the brand's on point. But eventually that feeling fades and then you start to move into the next phase. The what have you done for me recently phase. Every single product, every single service that you've ever encountered, the ones that are good, the ones that'll be around in 15, 20, 100 years, they understand how to keep people out of the what have you done for me recently phase or they're, they have a marketing master inside of their organization and they know that they need to keep you teetered right on this line. Because when you're right here inside the honeymoon phase and teetering on the what have you done for me recently phase, to get you to buy another product, you don't drop back up into the top of the funnel. Typically, where you drop is back up into the middle and bottom of funnel. So our marketing becomes super effective. This is how we're able to get people to buy off of an SMS for $300, $400 items with spending pennies on an, on an SMS to go out. Because we've built this up so well that when they've reached the honeymoon phase and we're coming into the what have you done for me recently phase, it's pushing them back into the middle and bottom just so much faster and without a lot of friction, right? Our cost on this, right, when we were talking about up here, our process friction, our mental friction, our fiscal friction has already been, uh, has already been ignored at that point. We've already gone through this. They've seen our process. So we don't have to drop them back in cold. Where I see a lot of you guys in this group just from talking with you guys and having conversations with clients is that so many of you are focused all the time up here. So nobody really ever drops and sees the beauty of what you have to offer. And when that happens, you're constantly thinking, well, maybe I need a new book. Maybe I need to do a podcast. Maybe I need to get on TikTok. And while all those can be beneficial for you, you're starting over at the beginning again. 
instead of getting super dialed in on focusing middle and bottom, moving them into a sale process because sales is not marketing, but marketing can support sales. Then we get to market to them again heavily in the honeymoon phase. Then we get to teeter them on this line because the last thing we want them to do is skydive down into the death zone, which many of you have, right? You focus so much on the top part of this that you've never even considered what the backside of this funnel actually looks like. And oftentimes you're moving them straight into a death zone where somebody else is going to come along and create that next great experience for them. And then you're completely forgotten. Let's look at middle of funnel. Most people are kind of good at this. You're good at at least getting people to know kind of who you are, right? But oftentimes where you're struggling is getting people to move down into the bottom. And this is where the rubber meets the road, right? This is where your sales process gets intertwined and you're starting to push people towards a conversion, whether that's submitting a lead form, whether that's buying something off of your e-com store, whether it's getting somebody to show up for a sales call. This bottom side of this is oftentimes where we're afraid to ask. We're afraid to put the right questions in front of them. We're afraid to call them to action. You're calling them to action because it's serving them. We're providing the best product, the best solution, the best brand option for them. And we know that because we know that you have the best product. You have that great solution for them. So we can't be afraid to ask those tough questions. Hey, are you ready to get started? I've got Monday of I got Monday at one or Wednesday at three thirty available. Which one works best for you? So these small questions inside of here that'll move them down. We talked about your sales process being intertwined with marketing. Marketing can help support sales dramatically inside of the sales process, but you shouldn't conflate marketing and sales at this point because they're not the same thing. We switch from right side hemisphere of our brain, which is the creative, the fun, the engaging side, over into what uh, Daniel Kahneman calls system one, right? Which is the lot or system two, rather, which is the logical side. It's trying to process all the information. It's trying to see if there was anything that seemed off balance, if any of your spidey senses are tingling. And we're switching brain modes at this point, which means that our communication has to switch too. Even within our ads, if we're doing retargeting ads for people that got to the bottom of the funnel, but they didn't necessarily convert, right? You might still be talking to them as if they're all the way up here, which isn't the case because we've moved down into these different phases to where that no longer applies to them. We already built the emotional tension. We already got their attention to move through and say, yes, this product could be great for me. You've piqued my interest enough for me to continue to move on, but I haven't necessarily converted yet. If you've been around the block a few times, you understand the honeymoon phase because you felt it. You felt it with brands before, and it's so cool when you feel that. I felt that with my guitar that I bought about a year ago, but I sat top and I probably sat middle of funnel with them for probably two years. It's not that I couldn't afford it, but it's that I wanted to make it something special for myself. And if you have high ticket, high ticket products or high ticket sales, oftentimes you'll find that that people will know about you. And that's pretty easy, right? You've got a podcast. They've seen your ads, all of the social media stuff you put out, your YouTube channel, whatever that is, they, they know you. But they'll stay in the middle for a while. And oftentimes it's because you're not asking the right questions to push them down and get them to that sale point. But then once they're in the honeymoon phase, they love you. They're all over your brand. They're all over your social. They're, they're your raving fans. And we want to keep them there as long as we can 
but also we need sales. So we constantly have to be focused on wanting to push them back up into the middle and bottom of funnel to sell them again. The what have you done for me recently phase is interesting because most people think of this as a negative. I think this is your best opportunity to pull people back into your funnel and recreate them as a raving fan. And that oftentimes comes down to the next product offering, showing them that you have a path for them to eliminate uncertainty and just moving them through a positive experience again. Where you don't want to be is having most of your people fall through, right? We spend all this money and all this time and effort to get them to the sale. And then we got them and then boom, they just fall straight down to the bottom. And it's because we don't have anything else in place. We don't have some place for them to go. If you listen to the Neuromark or the Neurohive podcast, that's a great holding place for our people because they get more access to me. They get more information. They're becoming better business owners. They're learning about marketing in a new way. So it's a great place to ever prevent them from falling down here. But it comes with just like anything else with branding. It's consistency and it's repetition. And it's making sure that what you're telling them over and over again is consistent and you'll keep them out of here. Even if you're pushing them into, hey, I've got a great email group. Hey, join our text message thread to stay up to date on new things and new offers. There's ways to keep people from ever falling out of your funnel. And that's what I really want you guys to focus on. So how do I know this works? Because we've done it. And I've got a few, four, four million in attributed revenue off of one million in ad spend. 3.8 million, 14.6, right? We've done this over 2.04 million, 1.3 million. We've done this over and over and over again. But I want to break this down for you in an ad so you can see how all of this starts to really tie together. So I've got the marketing effectiveness over here on the left, and I've got an ad for us to review on the right. So remember, we've got value is appeal and exclusivity and clarity. Our cost is either mental, fiscal, or process-driven. And then our acceptability is how credible we are, what our affinity is, or likability, and then how are we disrupting the marketplace. So let's go through this. We'll break it down. Drop me into the comments right now where you see value. Where do you see value in this? I'll go through this with you too. So four weeks ago, I was skeptical. I didn't know if I could do it or if it would work. I didn't know if I'd stick to it. Just four weeks later, I feel so empowered. My flexibility has improved. Tension in my back is gone. I have more peace of mind and focus. It's amazing how just eight minutes a day for four weeks has changed so much. Start your full body flexibility journey now, and in four weeks, look back feeling proud and accomplished. Learn more. We've got our link. Gain full body flexibility in four weeks, or you don't pay. Try the world's number one stretching and back relief program. And we've got our link. Try the world's number one flexibility and back relief program now as our headline. And then for this uh, description, what if I told you uh, conventional stretching isn't just building your flexibility at a very slow pace, but it also dot, dot, dot. Then we have a learn more button. Let's look at value. Where do we see appeal exclusivity, and clarity, right? It's a very appealing offer. Just eight minutes a day for four weeks. That's appealing. It's not a lot of time, right? I can get the results that I want. It's very clear of what I have to invest into myself in order to get to the results. 
I don't see a lot of exclusivity in here, which is fine. But we also have a lot of appeal, right? Because I'm talking about back pain. I'm talking about flexibility. I'm talking about becoming a better version of myself. Now let's look at some of the cost, right? How do they overcome cost in here? We've got mental cost for sure, right? I don't want to have to invest all this time into um, into a program that I don't know if it's going to work, right? They address that in the very first line. Four weeks ago, I was skeptical. So they gave a hard timeline and they gave an emotion. I didn't know if I could do it or if it would work. I didn't know if I'd stick to it. They're addressing a lot of the mental costs around buying a program that you don't know if you're going to stick to it. You don't know if it's going to work. So they address a lot of that in the very first line. They're negating all that cost. Let's look at the fiscal cost. They actually don't mention price in here at all which is kind of interesting, isn't it? Most people will want to talk about the price of their product, but where they do talk about price is gain full body flexibility in four weeks or you don't pay. So they're eliminating all the risk. There's no risk in my perception that I'm when I go through this program because I know I can get my money back, even though most people will forget. You'll have some that won't, but most people just are totally saying, okay, I'm, I'm in on the fiscal cost because there's almost no risk. And the process friction, how are they eliminating it? Right, They're going through and saying that it only takes four weeks to get to these results. And then even in the description, I would say they're addressing process friction. Right, Of, hey, do I have to do something that's um, you know, outside of what's necessary? They talk about it. What if I told you conventional stretching pro or what if I told you conventional stretching isn't just building your flexibility at a very slow pace, right? Because most people think, hey, in order for me to become flexible, I got to spend all this time stretching. I've got to do all of this over years and years and years to be able to become that flexible. And they're flipping that process and saying that's just simply not true. All right, let's look at acceptability. Where are they credible? I would say inside the headline, try the world's number one flexibility and back relief program. That's pretty credible. You're saying it's the number one. And actually what I don't show you inside of this ad is the very top part of it. They said they put a four-star review from Google. There's some credibility because we don't necessarily want the five-star review, but we'll listen to four-star reviews. Because we think five-star are just people blowing smoke or that it's too good to be true. But a four-star, hey, now we might be talking. Now they might actually have a realistic opinion about what this is. Where's the affinity and the likability or similarity, right? People want to feel like they're empowered. People want to feel like they can do this too, that they're similar to this person, that they don't want to invest a ton of time. They can see themselves being in that spot four weeks from now. It's not 12 weeks out. It's not It's not a year from now, right? It's, it's a short time window to where they feel like, yeah, I could stick to something for four weeks. And then we have disruption. Drop me in the comments what you think the disruptor is in here. Give you two seconds before I tell you what my answer is. For those of you listening on the podcast, I'm sorry, you're going to miss this, but it's actually the image. 
most people don't associate flexibility with a ripped bald guy who's got muscles, right? They think, oh, he's just a meathead. This is a disrupting image that's going to get your attention. One, because it's got bright red text. And it's got a guy doing the full splits with his arms out in front of him on a green yoga mat. So red and green, right? They're colors that will definitely catch the eye going back and forth. And then in the bottom headline, it's black and yellow. There's a ton of disruption, not necessarily in the marketplace, but on the ad image itself that's going to stop the scroll. The other disruptor in here is that most people think it's going to take a very, very long time to get these results. And they're saying it can be done in four weeks and it's the number one product in the world to do this. Does that make sense how we're dropping all this in together? Drop me a yes in the comments if this is starting to make sense to you on how they stacked all of these things to make this ad functional. I see it. I see you guys comment. That's good. It's good stuff. I'm glad glad we're clear on this. And even, and I'm going to go back, even if you're watching this later, go through and see if you can see all these spots that I'm talking about. Because I'm telling you, as you start to notice, hey, they're using a value. With value, they're using exclusivity and clarity. Hey, they're trying to eliminate process friction out of the cost, and they're talking about the fiscal cost and how they're going to cut it, right? Billy Mays was great for disrupting the fiscal cost of things because you didn't just get one of them. You got one of them and bop, 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 all for $19.99. But wait, on top of that, you're even going to get this valued at $9.99, and it's coming in as a free gift for you. He was great at disrupting the fiscal cost. So they can pull you in and show a high level of value and acceptability. So next steps for you guys. For your next ad, write it out. I want you to write out your ad. I want you to drop it in the group. And what we're going to do is I'm going to be picking two people to go live with and review their ads with them on our live call next week. So if you've got an ad that you want up, if you're trying to launch something, this is your perfect opportunity for one-on-one help for me to go in with you run through your ad, we'll help write it and review it if you don't have it in there yet, but you got to submit it. I got to see it inside of the comments here that you guys have submitted your ad for this. And by the way, if you haven't signed up yet for the Neuro Insider, you guys are missing out. It's $27 a month. Your first issue is free. We'll send you the second one right afterwards. And guys, this is some of the best content you're ever going to get. I break down how we're doing more neuromarketing stuff, how we're running this on multiple campaigns, what the results are, and how you can actually implement them into your life, into your business to get some next level results. I've got the link in the comments, and I'm going to take a few questions right now. So if you got them, drop them in, and let's go. Yes, you got to have a call to action in there. That call to action absolutely has to be in there. And your call to action should actually be in every post, right? Sometimes we see posts out there where everybody's like, oh man, I don't know what to actually say to them. I don't know how to move my audience to actually take an action. Try different ones. Try ones that aren't necessarily baked around cost or them buying something, right? A call to action could be tag a friend or drop or what I did during this, right? How many times did I say, drop me a yes, drop me a, drop me what you're going to do with this because it gets you into the framework of doing these more and more. Same thing with your audience, right? One of the greatest Instagram tool hacks that I've ever heard of Um, is using your story and putting high levels of engagement with your story of a call to action first thing in the day because it's going to move you up the feed when Instagram sees engagement out of your stories. So put engagement based where they're called to action to do something 
hey, you know, do you like red wine or white wine, right? Get them engaged, show them the options. That's fun and engaging. So when you do talk about more serious stuff later inside of your story or you're trying to sell your product or you're trying to get them to enroll, you can actually push these call to actions a little bit easier. We call these micro commitments within the marketing world. I'm trying to get you to take small actionable bites so that way it doesn't seem like as big of a jump from, hey, I'm not calling you to do anything all the way up to, wow, I'm asking you to do this big thing that you may not want to do. Small baby steps to get you there. Cool. Guys, if we don't have any other questions, this was great. Final call for questions. We'll get them in here. I'll get them answered while we're in here. If you still have a question and we're outside the live, make sure you drop it down in the comments and we'll go through and review these and answer them as we go. Great. I'm glad you like it. If you don't have any questions, that means we did a good, a good thorough job. Thank, thanks for showing up today. All right. That looks like it's it. Guys, thank you so much for this. I appreciate you all being here. I love you all. Go have an amazing rest of your day. And as always, go make somebody smile because it's amazing what type of impact it can leave on their life. We'll catch you soon.